Welcome to the second episode of the Path to Righteousness podcast. It has been a while. For the longest time, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to talk about on this podcast. And a few nights ago, an idea hit me where I thought to myself that just like the first episode, I should dive into articles, research papers of interest, and just talk about them, focusing on one article at a time, and longer articles, you know, the ones that people may not have the time to read. I'm trying to keep these short and sweet, plus informative. Uh, today's article of choice is from ProPublica, titled The Secret The Secret IRS Files, Trove of Never-Before-Seen Records Reveal How the Wealthiest Avoid Income Tax. Link, of course, is in the description for anyone wanting to read or check the article and the charts themselves. Um, if you'd like to listen to the article, that is also an option on their site. Uh, so now the article starts off by saying, ProPublica has obtained a vast cache of IRS information showing how billionaires like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and Warren Buffett pay little in income tax compared to their massive wealth, sometimes even nothing. In 2007, Jeff Bezos, then a multi-billionaire and now the world's richest man, did not pay a penny in federal income taxes. He achieved that feat again in 2011. In 2018, Tesla founder Elon Musk, the second richest person in the world, also paid no federal income taxes. Michael Bloomberg managed to do the same in recent years. Billionaire, billionaire investor Carl Akan did it twice. George Soros paid no federal income taxes three years in a row. Um, ProPublica has attained a vast trove of internal revenue service data on tax returns of thousands of, na- of the nation's wealthiest people, covering more than 15 years. Um, Taken together, it demolishes the cornerstone myth of the American tax system that everyone pays their fair share and the richest Americans pay most. The IRS data shows that the wealthiest can, perfectly legally, pay income taxes that are only a tiny fraction of the hundreds of millions, if not billions, their fortunes grow each year. Many Americans live paycheck to paycheck, amassing little wealth and paying the federal government a percentage of their income that rises if they earn more. In recent years, the median American household earned about $70,000 annually and paid 14% federal taxes. The highest income rate, 37%, kicked in this year for couples on earnings above $628,300. This article is from uh, 2021, um, and let's get into it now. America's billionaires avail themselves of tax-avoidance strategies beyond the reach of ordinary people. Their wealth derives from the skyrocketing value of their assets, like stock and property. Those gains are not defined by the U.S. laws as taxable income unless and until the billionaires sell. To capture the financial reality of the richest Americans, ProPublica took an analysis that has never been done before. We compared how how much in taxes the richest 25 Americans paid each year to how much Forbes estimated their wealth grew. And they're going to call that their true tax rate. And according to the, according to Forbes, those 25 people saw their worth rise a collective $401 billion from 2014 to 2018. They paid a total of $13.6 billion in federal income taxes in those five years. The IRS data shows that's a staggering sum, but amounts to only a true tax rate of 3.4%. It's completely different for middle-class Americans. Um... For example, wage earners in the early 40s who have amassed a typical amount of wealth for the people their age. From 2014-2018, such households saw their net worth expand by 65000 after taxes on average, mostly due to the rise in value of their homes. But because the vast bulk of their earnings were salaries, their tax bills were almost as much, nearly 62000 over that five-year period. Now, there's a little chart they made here to show the true tax um, rate. Uh, Warren Buffett his wealth growth was 
1.3 billion over these i think five years total income reported 125 million total taxes paid 23.7 million with a true tax rate of 0.10%, Jeff Bezos with a 0.98%, true tax rate, Michael Bloomberg 1.3%, and Elon Musk 3.27%. No one among the 25 wealthiest avoided as much tax as Buffett. Um, that's perhaps surprising given his public stance as an advocate for higher taxes for the rich. His riches rose from $24.3 billion between 2014 and 2018. The data shows Buffett reported paying $23.7 million in taxes. That works out to a true tax rate of 0.1% or less than $0.10 cents for every $100 he added to his wealth. Uh, ProPublica has decided to reveal individual tax information of some of the wealthiest Americans because it is only by seeing specifics that the public can understand the realities of the country's tax system. Consider Bezos' 2007, one of the years he paid zero in federal income taxes. Amazon's stock more than doubled. Bezos's fortune left $3.8 billion, according to Forbes, whose wealth estimates are widely cited. How did a person enjoy that sort of wealth explosion end up paying no income tax? In that year, Bezos, who filed his taxes jointly with his then-wife Mackenzie Scott, reported a paltry for him. $46 million in income, largely, largely from interest and dividend payments on outside investments. He was able to offset every penny he earned with losses from side investments and various deductions, like interest expenses on debt and the vague catch-all category of other expenses. In 2011, a year which his wealth held roughly steady at $18 billion, Bezos filed a tax return reporting he lost money. His income that year was more than offset by investment losses. What's more, because according to the tax law, he made so little even he even claimed and received a 4000 tax credit for his children. His net worth was 18 billion that year, but he claims, but he, according to the tax law, he made so little he can claim 4,000 tax credits for children. Absolutely crazy. And his tax avoidance is even more striking if you examine 2006 to 2018, um, a period which ProPublica has a c- complete data. Bezos' wealth increased by 127 billion, according to Forbes, but he reported a total of 6.5 billion in income. The 1.4 billion he paid in personal federal taxes is a massive number. It amounts to a 1.1% true tax rate, the rise in his fortune. Wealth inequality has become one of the defining issues of our age. The President and Congress are considering the most ambitious tax increases in in decades on those with high incomes. But the American tax conversation has been dominated by debate over incremental changes such as whether the top top tax rate should be 39.6% rather than 37%. ProPublica's data show that while some wealthy Americans such as hedge fund managers would pay more taxes under the current Biden administration, the vast majority of the top 25 would see little change. The tax data was provided to ProPublica after we published a series of articles scrutinizing the IRS. The articles exposed how years of budget cuts have hobbled the agency's ability to enforce the law and how the largest corporations and the rich have benefited from the IRS's weakness. They also showed how people in poor regions are more likely to be audited than those in affluent areas. Now, of course, they're not disclosing how they obtained the data. It was given to them in raw form. They verified the information by comparing it to elements of dozens of already public um, tax details. They asked each person mentioned in the um, articles to um, leave a comment. Um, and some of them gave responses, of course. Um, one of the billionaires mentioned in this article objected, arguing that 
publishing personal tax information is a violation of privacy, we have concluded that the public interest in knowing this information at this point, at this pivotal moment, outweighs the, that legitimate concern. The consequences of allowing the most prosperous to game the tax system have been profound. Federal budgets, apart from military spending, have been constrained for decades. Um, roads and bridges have crumbled, social services have withered, and the solvency of Social Security and Medicare is perpetually in question. No one loves giving their hard-earned money to the government, but the system works only as long as it's perceived to be fair. Our analysis of tax data for the 25 richest Americans quantifies just how unfair the system has become. By the end of 2018, the 25 were worth $1.1 trillion. For comparison, it would take 14.3 million ordinary American wage earners put together to equal that same amount of wealth. The personal federal tax bill for the top 25 in 2018, $1.9 billion. The bill for the wage earners, $143 billion. Jeez. Uh, then they go on to talk about some history about income tax. The idea of a regular tax on income, much less on wealth, does not appear in the country's founding documents. In fact, Article 1 of the U.S. Constitution explicitly prohibits direct taxes on citizens under most circumstances. This meant for decades the U.S. government mainly funded itself through indirect tariffs on consumer goods like tobacco and alcohol. But with the cost of the Civil War looming, Congress imposed a national income tax in 1861. By the late 19th and early 20th centuries, wealth inequality was acute and political climate was changing. The federal government began expanding, creating agencies to protect food workers and more. It needed more funding, but tariffs were pinching regular Americans more than the rich. Um, the Supreme Court rejected an 1894 law, so Congress moved to amend the Constitution. This 16th Amendment was ratified in 1913 and gave the government power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived. In the early years, the personal tax worked as Congress intended, falling squarely on the richest. In 1918, only 15% of American families owed any taxes. The top 1% paid 80% of the revenue raised, according to historian W. Elliott Brownlee. But a question remained, what would count as income and what wouldn't? In 1916, a woman named Myrtle McCumber received a dividend for her Standard Oil of California shared. She owed taxes thanks to the new law. The dividend had not come in in cash, however. It came in the form of an additional share for every two shares she already held. She paid the taxes and then brought a court challenge. Yes, she had gotten a bit richer, but she hadn't received any money. Therefore, she argued she received no funds. Four years later, the Supreme Court agreed. Um, the high court ruled that income derived only from proceeds. A person needed to sell an asset, stock, bond, or building and reap some money before it could be taxed. Since then, the concept that income comes only from proceeds when gains are realized has been the bedrock of the U.S. tax system. Wages are taxed, cash dividends are taxed, gains from selling assets are taxed, but if a taxpayer hasn't sold anything, there's no income and therefore no tax. Contemporary critics of McCumber were plentiful and prescient. Cordell Hall, the congressman known as the father of income tax, assailed the decision, according to the scholar Majority Cornhaser. Hall predicted that tax avoidance would become common, and the ruling opened a gaping loophole. Hall's prediction would come would reach full flower only decades later, spurred by a series of economic, legal, and cultural changes that began to gather momentum in the 1970s. For their part, companies came to obsess over the value of their stock to the exclusion of nearly everything else. That helped give rise in the last 40 years to a series of corporate monoliths, beginning with Microsoft and Oracle in the 1980s and 
99s continuing to Amazon, Google, Facebook, and of course, Apple today. In the here and now, the ultra-wealthy use an array of techniques that aren't available to those of lesser means to get around the tax system. Most Americans have to work to live, when they do, they get paid, and they get taxed. The federal, the federal government considers almost every dollar workers earn to, to be income, and employers take taxes directly out of their paychecks. The Bezos of the world have no need to be paid a salary. Bezos Amazon majors have been set at a middle class level of around 80000 a year. For years, there's been some something of a competition among elite founder CEOs to go even lower. Steve Jobs took a $1 in salary and returned to Apple in the 1990s. Uh, Zuckerberg, Larry All, Ellison, and Larry Page have all done the same as well. Yet, this is not a self-effacing gesture as it it appears to be. Wages are taxed at a high rate. The top 25 wealthiest Americans reported $158 million in wages in 2018, according to the IRS data. That's a mere 1.1% of what they listed on their tax forms as their total reported income. The rest mostly came from dividends and the sale of stock, bonds, or other investments, which are taxed at a lower rates than wages. Uh, then it moves on to a chart which shows the typical income of a regular wage earner, their typical taxes, and then their typical wealth growth. And they compare that to the wealth growth of um, the amount of income wealth growth of Bezos and his taxes. And between 2006 and 2018, Bezos's wealth shot up by over 120 billion while he paid a minuscule proportion in taxes. So that is for every $100 of wealth growth over that period, typical Americans paid 160 in taxes. Bezos only paid $1.09. As Congressman Hall envisioned long ago, the ultra-wealthy typically hold fast to shares in the companies they founded. Many titans of the 21st century sit on mountains of what are known as unrealized gains the total size of which fluctuates each day as the stock prices rise and fall. Of the $4.25 trillion in wealth held by the U.S. billionaires, some $2.7 trillion is unrealized. Now we're going to move on to Buffet's way of um, avoiding tax. Um, Buffet has famously held onto his stock in the company founded, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, that owns Geico, Duracell, and has significant stakes in American Express and Coca-Cola. That has allowed Buffet to largely avoid transforming his wealth into income. From 2015 through 2018, he reported annual income ranging from 11.6 million to 25 million. That may seem like a lot, but Buffet ranks as roughly the world's sixth richest person. He's worth 110 billion as the Forbes estimate in May 2021. At least 14,000 U.S. taxpayers in 2015 reported higher income than him, according to IRS data. Um, there's also a second strategy Buffet relies on that minimizes income and therefore taxes. Berkshire does not pay a dividend. Um, which is the sum that many companies pay each quarter to those who own their stock. Buffet has always argued that it's better to use that money to find investments for Berkshire that will further boost the value of shares held by him and other investors. If, if Berkshire had offered anywhere close to the average dividend in recent years, Buffet would have received over $1 billion in dividend income and owed hundreds of millions in taxes. In a detailed win response, Buffet defended his practice but did not directly address ProPublica's true tax calculation rate. I continue to believe that the tax code should be changed substantially, he wrote, adding that he thought huge dynastic wealth is not desirable for our society. Um, Buffet reiterated that he has begun giving his enormous fortune away and ultimately plans to donate 99.5% of it to charity. I believe the money will be of more use to society if dispersed philanthropically 
than if it is used to slightly reduce an ever-increasing U.S. debt, he wrote. Um, which, to me, this statement is questionable because just like their tax details, they won't disclose these so-called charities his wealth will be donated to. Maybe one or two articles may, might be written, but that's it. And it isn't helping reduce a and isn't helping reduce a debt sort of a way of helping society where a majority of the people won't ever understand the financial system and the central banks and all that? Wouldn't it be charity to lessen the load for the future Americans who might unfortunately get sucked into the system? I mean, I guess not. Not for him at least. halfway point of this episode and I want to do something different in my podcast a little halftime break if you will we're halfway through this episode I just want to say breathe in and out fix your posture blink a few times if you're staring at a screen drink some water get up and stretch know that you're loved and there's a reason you're on this planet let's get to work and let's move continue on with this episode How do mega billionaires pay their mega bills by opting for $1 salaries and hanging on to their stock? According to the public documents and experts, the answer for some is borrowing money. Lots of it. Um, for regular people, borrowing money is often something done out of necessity, but for the ultra wealthy, it can be a way to access billions without producing income and thus income tax. The tax math provides a clear incentive for this. If you own a company and take a huge salary, you'll pay 37% income taxes on the bulk of it. Sell stock and you'll pay 20% in capital gains tax and lose some control over your company. But take out a loan and these days you'll pay a single digit interest rate and no tax. Since loans must be paid back, the IRS does not consider them income. Banks typically require collateral, but the wealthy have a plenty of that. In 2014, for example, Oracle revealed that its CEO, Ellison, had a credit line secured by about 10 billion of his shares. Last year, Tesla reported that Musk had pledged some 92 million shares which were worth about $57.7 billion as of May 29th, 2021, as collateral for personal loans. The IRS records provide glimpses of other massive loans. In 2016 and 2017, investor Carl Lacan, who ranks as the 40th wealthiest American, paid no federal income tax despite reporting a total of $544 million in adjusted gross income. Lacan had an outstanding loan of one point. 2 billion with the Bank of America among other loans according to the IRS data. It was te- technically a mortgage because it was secured at least in part by Manhattan penthouse apartments and other properties. Borrowing offers multiple benefits to Akan. He gets huge tranches of cash to turbocharge his investments returned. Then he gets to deduct the interest from his taxes. Skeptics might question our analysis of how little super rich paying taxes for one they might argue that owners of companies get hit by corporate taxes they also might count that some billionaires cannot avoid income and therefore taxes and after death the common understanding goes there's a final no escape clause the estate tax ProPublica found that none of these factors alter the fundamental picture take corporate taxes when companies pay them economists say these costs are passed on to the company's owners workers or even consumers Models differ, but they generally assume big stockholders shoulder the lion's share. Corporate taxes, however, have plummeted in recent decades in what has become a golden age of corporate tax avoidance. By sending profits abroad, companies like Google, Facebook, Microsoft, and Apple have often paid little or no U.S. corporate tax. 
For some of the nation's wealthiest people, particularly Bezos and Musk, adding corporate taxes to the question would hardly change anything at all. Other companies like Berkshire Hathaway and Walmart do pay more, which means now for people like Buffet and Waltons, the corporate tax could add significantly to their burden. It's also true that some billionaires don't avoid taxes by avoiding incomes. In 2018, 9 of the 25 wealthiest Americans reported more than $500 million in income and 3 are more than $1 billion. In such cases though, the data obtained by ProPublica shows billionaires have a plethora of tax avoidance options to offset their gains using credit deductions, which can include charitable donations, or losses to lower or even zero out their tax bills. Some own sport teams that offer such lucrative write-offs that owners often end up paying far lower tax rates than their millionaire players. Others own commercial buildings that steadily rise in value but nevertheless can be used to throw off paper losses that offset income. Michael Bloomberg, the 13th richest person on the Forbes list, often reports high income because the profits of the private company he controls mainly flow to him. In 2018, he reported income of $11.9 billion. When it came to his taxes, Bloomberg managed to slash his bill by using deductions made possible by tax cuts passed by the Trump administration, charitable donations of $968.3 million, and credits for having paid for taxes. The end result was that he paid $70.7 million in income tax on that almost $2 billion in income. That amounts to just a 3.7% conventional income tax rate. Between 2014-2018, Bloomberg had a true tax rate of 1.30%. Ultimately, after decades of wealth accumulation, the estate tax is supposed to serve as a backstop, allowing authorities an opportunity to finally take a piece of giant fortunes before they pass to a new generation. But in reality, preparing for death is more like the last stage of tax avoidance for the ultra-wealthy. University of Southern California tax law professor Edward McCaffrey has summarized the entire arc with the catchphrase, buy, borrow, die. The notion of dying as a tax benefit seems paradoxical. Normally when someone sells an asset even a minute before they die, they owe 20% capital gains tax. But at death, that changes. Any capital gains till that moment are not taxed. This allows the ultra-rich and the heirs to avoid paying billions in taxes. The step up in basis is widely recognized by experts across the political spectrum as a flaw in the code. Then comes the estate tax, which at 40% is among the highest in the federal code. This tax is supposed to give the government one last chance to get a piece of all those unrealized gains. It's clear though from IRS data, tax research, and what little trickles into the public arena about estate planning of the wealthy that they can readily escape turning over almost half the value of their estates. Many of the richest create foundations for philanthropic giving, which provide large charitable deductions during their lifetime and bypass the estate tax when they die. The result is that large fortunes can pass largely intact from one generation to the next. Of the 25 richest people in America today, about a quarter are heirs. Three are Waltons, two are scions of Mars Kennedy, fortune, and one is the son of S.D. Laudier. Or however you pronounce that. In the past year and a half, hundreds of thousands of Americans have died from COVID-19 while millions were thrown out of work. But one of the bleakest periods in American history turned out to be one of the most lucrative for billionaires. They added $1.2 trillion to their fortunes from January 2020 to the end of April of this year, according to Forbes. That windfall is among the many factors that have led the country to an inflection point, one that traces back to a half century of growing wealth, inequality, and the financial crisis of 2008, which left many with lasting economic damage. American history is rich with such turns. There have been famous acts of tax resistance. One such incident over half a century ago appeared as if it might spark great change. 
Congress did pass some reforms, but the long-term trend was a revolt in the opposite direction, which then accelerated with the election of Ronald Reagan in 1980. Since then, through a combination of political donations, lobbying, charitable giving, and even direct bids for political office, the ultra-wealthy have helped shape the debate about taxation in their favor. One apparent exception was Buffet, who broke the ranks with the New York Times in 2011, where he said, My friends and I have coddled long enough by a billionaire-friendly Congress. It's time for our government to get serious about shared sacrifice. And Buffet actually did something rare. He actually shared his his federal tax and how much he actually paid uh, in 2011 Barack Obama proposed legislation known as the Buffet Rule it would have raised income taxes on people reporting over a million dollars a year of course it didn't pass even if it had however the Buffet Rule would wouldn't have raised Buffet's taxes significantly if you can avoid income you can avoid taxes as per usual Buffet's response to the government shows that even the ultra wealthy want the government to, to take action. Nobody wants to do anything themselves. Buffet seems like one of those guys who knows what's going on and he cares to tell people but doesn't care enough to do anything about it as he avoids taxes himself, of course. Today, just a few years after Republicans passed a massive tax cut that disproportionately benefited the wealthy, the country may be facing another swing of the pendulum back toward a popular demand to raise taxes on the wealthy. Um, these changes include raising the tax rate on people making over 400k and bumping the top income tax rate from 37% to 39.6% with the top rate for long-term capital gains to match that. The administration also wants to up the corporate tax rate and to increase the IRS's budget. So now, increasing tax on people making over 400k won't really stop the ultra-wealthy and will probably hurt more regular citizens than anything else. Uh, the corporate tax would affect the companies showing profits in the US, of course, but then those companies will pass on their expenses, like I mentioned above, to employees, owners, and of course, even the consumers. Increase of the IRS budget honestly seems like the best solution because like the article mentioned above, with budget cuts, this agency started to pick on the poor rather than the wealthy. If they have more of a budget and some common sense, maybe they'll target someone who has been avoiding taxes. Taxing unrealized gains is like is like the above 400k earner um, situation. Like who's going to get hurt more? Average citizens are hopefully holding on to some unrealized gains. But maybe this might work if there's a clause that if you're holding a certain amount of unrealized gains, um, that might work. Uh, some Democrats have gone further, floating ideas that challenge tax structure as it's existed for the last century. Oregon Senator Ron Wyden, the chairman of the Senate Finance Committee, has proposed taxing unrealized capital gains. Um, aggressive new laws would likely inspire new sophisticated avoidance techniques. A few countries, including Switzerland and Spain, have wealth taxes on a small scale. Several, most recently France, have abandoned them as unworkable. What it would take for a fundamental overhaul of the U.S. tax system is not clear, but the IRS did obtain by ProPublica eliminates that all of these conversations have been taking place in a vacuum. Neither political leaders nor the public have ever had an accurate picture of how comprehensively the wealthiest Americans avoid big taxes. Buffet and his fellow billionaires have known this secret for a long time. As Buffet put it in 2011, there's been class warfare going on for the last 20 years, and my class has won. Now that's the end to this article. I forgot the statistic, but it was something like 
if you put all the wealth together of the top uh, 10 to 25 people, we can end world hunger or something like that. I mean, I guess when you have more wealth than the country you live in, you may feel on top of the world and that you can get away with so much more. Now, I don't really care about the ultra-wealthy. I just want to share this article to help people see what really goes on in this system. Something to think about as tax season is around the corner. Also, maybe it's time we ask the important questions, like where does our tax money go? Does it go where we want it to? And if it doesn't, what are we going to do about it? Hey, I think we all can make more charitable donations to offset some taxes, folks. I'm just saying. But um, some good financial tips, get out of debt, pay those bills, stop sending money on useless things until you're debt free, plan to write stuff down, see where your money goes in real time and where you can start cutting expenses and maybe using that money to invest in other things like crypto, precious metals, e-commerce, you know, start a side gig, sell items online through Kijiji or Facebook Marketplace. Opportunities are endless when you start opening your mind to them. Um, I think that's a perfect way to end this off. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.